Welcome to the Woven Well podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Estes. I'm a certified fertility care practitioner with a master divinity degree. Each episode will cover a topic that helps educate and empower you on your fertility while honoring the deep connection your fertility has with your faith. Let's get started. I'm excited to continue our focus on pelvic floor health today by talking with Rachel Moran, a doctor of physical therapy with advanced certifications in pelvic floor rehabilitation, functional dry needling, and reformer Pilates. She treats pelvic health patients, among others, at Thrive Physical Therapy and Wellness in Birmingham, Alabama. So I have so many clients, several, who have seen her personally, so I know she knows her stuff, and I wanted her to share some of that knowledge and experience with all of us today. So thanks so much, Rachel, for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So last week on the podcast, I shared a little bit about what the pelvic floor is, but I'd love to have have you explain it and share why so many women may have issues with it at some point in their life. Sure. So pelvic floor, it's a hammock of musculature. It's at the base of our pelvis. It runs from sit bone to sit bone and then front and back from your pubic bone to your tailbone. And it has a variety of functions, but mainly it contracts to keep things in. It relaxes to let things out. It Mm -hmm. actually bulges during childbirth. And then Mm. of course it plays a role in sexual appreciation. Um, So kind of along with your deep core, um, your posterior chain, it stabilizes your spine as well. And then it works with your diaphragm kind of as a pressure management system. Okay. That's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot of good stuff. That's a lot of good stuff. It's so important. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It sounds like it's really important. Um, And so with all of those things going on, that seems to be why somebody may have issues with it because it affects so many of those different avenues. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yes. And a lot of times our patients will have symptoms elsewhere and it mm. ends up being driven by the pelvic floor just for the reason that you're saying it, it feeds into so many other systems that a lot of times it might present as hip pain or low back pain, but the whole time it's really driven by some type of pelvic floor dysfunction. Okay. Okay. So now our audience is really diverse. So they're going to be women who are single, married without children, pregnant and postpartum, and approaching menopause. There's a a lot of variety there. And I'm sure there are a lot of different conditions that affect each of them, but I'd love to hear what maybe some of the most common ones are that you treat. Yeah. And I think that you're hitting the nail on the head. Like We really want to get the point across to all of your listeners that it's so much more than just some postpartum rehab. While that is so, so important, we see women with children, recently women without children, women who had Mm. children 30 years ago. Mm. Um, We treat a variety of symptoms from painful intercourse, chronic constipation, tailbone Mm. pain, endometriosis. Um, Of course, we treat women during their pregnancy and postpartum, during pregnancy for exercise modifications. We do a lot of labor and delivery preparation. We treat them postpartum um, just to rehab the body as a whole and kind of get them to whatever fitness activity they would like to get back to doing. Um, We treat... Women for urinary incontinence, and that spans all sorts Mm. of ages, fecal incontinence, urinary or fecal urgency. 
there's a, a lot of women we see kind of perimenopausally and that uh-huh. can be for vaginal wall atrophy or any associated changes that come with that change in estrogen. Uh-huh. So the span is huge. It's a yeah. lot of different symptoms. It's a lot of different ages. It's with children, without children. Um, it doesn't matter. We will see them all. Yeah, that is a lot. And I do want to clarify one thing. You you mentioned treating endometriosis. It's not actually the endometriosis, but the pelvic floor pain that goes in addition to it. So if somebody were to have an excision surgery where they had that endo treated and removed, then following up and working with you all to help them in that recovery would be a huge benefit to them. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. We we cannot treat the actual endometriosis, but it comes with a plethora of pelvic floor changes mm, yes. <laughs> and changes in your abdominal wall. So we do, we treat the, the symptoms as we can. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. And I'm glad earlier that you mentioned um, issues that affect women who have not had biological children, because I think we often hear about this therapy as it relates to women who have just had a baby. And so you going over all of these different situations that could affect women outside of that one particular category is really helpful. Now, I work with, you know, like I said, a lot of different women, but one thing that I actually hear a lot is women who deal with pain with intercourse. And there are lots of reasons why a woman could be struggling with that. It could be physical reasons, mental. Sometimes it's something as simple as needing a lubrication or, I mean, there's lots of different stuff, but I'm interested in what pelvic floor therapy could do for these women specifically. Yeah. So a lot of times when you have pain with intercourse, it's caused by some type of muscular imbalance going on in the pelvic floor. People can have Mm -hmm. pain with initial penetration. They can have pain with deep penetration. And it normally is from maybe one muscle is overactive or the whole sling of muscles in the pelvic floor is overactive and they Mm. almost are causing this reaction to a painful stimuli. And then what ends up happening is that your brain associates intercourse with pain. Mm. And we know through research that if you're anticipating that pain, it becomes a cycle and then intercourse will will continue to be painful. So a lot of times in pelvic floor therapy, we're trying to just normalize the tone of the pelvic floor, the muscular tone. Mm -hmm. A lot of times the tone is higher, maybe because of trauma or weak hips or weak core, and it's almost tighter in a compensatory reaction to a weakness found elsewhere in the body. But our goal is to treat that muscular change and then also to kind of combat that sympathetic nervous response Mm -hmm. to the painful stimuli and that, you know, the person experiencing this knows that the pain will decrease and then maybe it lessens Mm -hmm. that anticipatory um, reaction to intercourse. And with time, intercourse will become less painful. Yeah, that's great. Because like I said, I talk with so many women and, you know, I, I think that sometimes they're hesitant to move forward forward because they're not sure that they can actually get results. You know, yeah. They're not sure that that would actually work for them. So that's really encouraging to hear. Um, so I'd also like to ask, like, how does a woman know that she may benefit from seeing someone who specializes in pelvic floor? Like, What are some symptoms that she may have that 
could signal to her that she may benefit from pelvic floor therapy. So I imagine that there are women listening who may think, you know, well, I'm not postpartum and I don't have pain with intercourse. So this isn't for me. Yeah. I I think that anybody who has had this history of low back pain or hip pain, and it's maybe undiagnosed and say you've tried to treat it before and it maybe it gets a little bit better, but it never completely goes away. Oftentimes there's a pelvic floor component in that. So I encourage anybody mm-hmm. who has this, you know, hip, low back, maybe abdominal wall pain, and it's just kind of there and you can't really seem to get it to go away. Um, come mm-hmm. see us. There might be a pelvic floor component. Anybody who has chronic constipation, there's normally a pelvic floor component, urinary incontinence, any fecal incontinence, tailbone pain, Mm. um, any type of abdominal trauma. Mm -hmm. So maybe you had your appendix taken out and then all of a sudden you're noticing like ever since I had that done, nothing has really been the same. Like my low back has bothered me ever since, or maybe intercourse got painful after that. While again, the pelvic floor isn't maybe what had the trauma happen that change in abdominal wall also affected the pelvic floor. And a lot of times I have women who are like, oh, I I never even thought that that would cause anything or or they're presenting in a way that we can't figure out, you know, why did this start? And then they tell me, you know, well, you know, 20 years ago, you know, I had this, (laughs) this pancreas surgery, you know, and then we're figuring out, okay, well, that's when your symptoms started. Um, So anything just that's been undiagnosed in terms of hip, low back, pelvic floor, abdominal wall changes. Um, Yeah. Okay. That is super interesting. I I did not know about that. So that's, yes, thanks for sharing that. So if somebody is listening and they're like, okay, well, I'm, I think this could be for me. What advice would you give if they're considering scheduling a you know, an appointment, like what should they expect in their first visit in having their pelvic floor treated? So first visit is a ton of chatting. I really like to get a full idea of just my patient symptoms and a good history. And um, we do a physical assessment. It always includes evaluating the hips, the low back, the abdominal wall. We're Mm -hmm. looking at rib mobility, thoracic spine mobility. So how is your mid-back moving? Um, that's really why I love pelvic floor therapy because it is a very holistic approach. Mm. Um, the pelvic floor assessment is an internal vaginal assessment and it does allow me to understand the strength, the tone, the relaxation ability of the pelvic floor. Um, essentially you'll undress from the waist down and you'll be draped with a sheet and there's no stirrups, there's no specula, it's just gloves Mm -hmm. and lubrication. Um, it's much gentler than what we're used to with our annual pap smears. And it's just a one finger palpation. And I would have you contract your pelvic floor, relax your pelvic floor, and then actually feel the individual muscles kind of for tone and tenderness. And then we always discuss what I found. Um, we make a plan together kind of on what the patient's goals are and how we're going to achieve them and make sure you have plenty to do at home, but also I want the patient to feel very confident in what's going on, kind of what we found and how we're going to try to make it better. Yeah, that's great. Now I have had people work with you. So I know if they come in and they're really intimidated by the idea of having an internal exam done, they could 
talk with you about that, be honest about their concern, and you all would make a game plan together about how to move forward, right? Absolutely. I have so many women who maybe we don't do the internal exam until the third or fourth visit. There is always so much more going on than just the pelvic floor. Again, there's all these other components. And so if someone, um, you know, isn't comfortable with that yet. And I get it. Like maybe they just don't trust me. They don't know me. It's mm. a first date. That's that's right. <laughs> so maybe they want to <laughs> get right. to know me a little bit better, right? That's so so <laughs> it is always in the patient's hands. Um, mm. Usually I will say the internal assessment gives us a really good idea of what is going on in the pelvic floor, but mm-hmm. it can always be deferred or just totally eliminated at the patient's um, comfort level. Uh, that's great. Um, I know there there will be people who appreciate hearing that. Uh, now, if someone happens to be in or near the Birmingham area and they're like, okay, Rachel sounds like my girl. This is who I want to see. I want to go ahead. You know, there are going to be a lot of people listening outside of that area. But for anyone who happens to be local and they may want to work with you specifically, how can they reach out to you or work with Thrive? Yeah. So our um, web address is thrivepital.com. And my email is rmoran, that's M-O-R-A-N, at thrivepital.com. So they are welcome to email me. They can go to our website and there's a little, um, like a new patient forum that they can also fill out. It gets emailed to us directly. So either one of those options is great. Okay. And I love that you gave your personal email. So if anybody wants to specifically email her to ask about working, you can. Um, Yeah, let me know. (laughs) Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I really do appreciate it. I hope that it's been, you know, informative, but I know it's been fun uh, just to chat. And I've I've learned something new, you know, in our conversation. So that's great. So I appreciate it so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us on. Yeah. Now to all those listening, I hope this episode has been helpful for you as you look at your own pelvic floor health and consider whether or not pelvic floor therapy or physical therapy with an emphasis in pelvic floor could benefit you or not. Um, I know I've learned things today. Now we at Woven Fertility hope to provide more resources over the next few weeks or months about pelvic floor health specifically. So to stay in the know on all those resources, you can email me personally at caitlin at wovenfertility.com or follow us at Woven Fertility on Instagram. And Rachel, what's your Instagram handle? at Thrive P-T-A-L. Wonderful. So you can follow them there to see all that they're up to as well. So thank you all so much for listening as we continue to explore together what it means to be woven well.